Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a busy Wednesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller, and we're with you here for the next couple of hours. Happy St. Patty's Day. Uh, it escaped me. If I didn't see it on the TV, I would have never even realized. No green for you. No green for me I didn't even today. pinch you when I came in today. I didn't realize it was St. Patty's Day. Uh, anyways, uh, enough about that. Let's uh, get to what's coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today. Uh, stacked up. Uh, Randy Peterson, Des Moines Register. Hopefully, and I say hopefully uh, because PD uh, has made it clear and it means register first and foremost. If anything breaks, he will not be able to join us. But uh, if there's you know a little bit of lull in the action, uh, Randy Peterson will catch us up on the latest doings at Iowa State, and we'll get into that to start off the program pursuant to their head basketball coach and TJ Otzelberger when he might be moving into those basketball offices. Uh, but that's coming up in about ten minutes then bill bender the sporting news is where you can read bill bender the sporting news by the way how about this turns 135 years old today i think that stands the test of time pretty damn good now there's clearly been some changes it's not the same reporter strength um (laughs) and it's not the same i mean it used to be a a a kind of a tabloid that's when it was at its best at least in my opinion but still good still a good team of writers over there the sporting news is bill bender lee sterling is back with us he's our football handicapper who joins us thursday during the football season uh but likes to make his appearance on the eve of the NCAA tournament. So Lee Sterling will uh, go around some of the March Madness games coming up at 1045. Wednesday means David Kaplan is here. Guessing we'll start with the quarterback situation. For your Chicago Bears, Trent Condon, and then John Bowen Camp will get back in here and we'll preview Iowa as they get set to play on uh, Saturday night. So we can start with TJ Otzelberger, which is a done deal. Uh, I have, there's no doubt in my mind that it is. There's no doubt in my mind that UNLV leaked that story to the U, uh, the Las Vegas Review Journal uh, reporter. Um, why should they wait for Jamie Pollard to make the news official? They've got to hire a new head coach. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, no, there's nothing to gain for, you know, keeping it a secret over there. Um, T.J. Otzelberger, a lot of folks believe it's settling. Some folks, Matt Norlander, he had a source tell him yesterday that this has been a done deal for over a month. In some in some uh, aspects, it makes perfect sense. Um, I don't think Pollard wants the, didn't want the news to break. He wanted to make it look like this was an extensive coaching search. We went all over the country to find our guy, but we just couldn't find anybody that's better than T.J. Otzelberger. Here's what he has going for him, in my opinion. Last year, there were over a thousand kids in the transfer portal. A thousand. Mm-hmm. This year, don't you think that that's even going to be higher with the ex, with the free air quote free year that these kids are getting and the opportunity to spend that quote free year in a, at a different school? If recruiting's his ballywick and he's been really good at it over the years, he had a good recruiting class coming into UNLV. One kid, maybe his best player. Um, Killed a person. Did you read that story? Yeah, yeah. going eighty five and in like a thirty mile. Eighty five and a thirty five. Yeah, uh, and he killed a guy, um, a fifty two year old man. But point being, if there's that going to be that many transfers available, 
TJ does has done some work there in the past. Maybe that's the that's a, a significant check mark in that box. Do you buy it that uh, that way? The way I unfolded it there as far as you UNLV first of all leaking this that is the hope yeah I, I think it's laid out perfectly there in terms of UNLV they knew this was happening they knew this is the route that it was heading and they're going to get their money we'll get into that here in a moment and also with it they need a new coach right and if it's going down the road of Rick Pitino who's been rumored the last couple of times but that apparently job's been open, as Goodman pointed out he's got a huge buyout because Iona took a chance right. on them and they said, we're going to do this. We're mm-hmm. going to get you back in the game. But if you're going to leave us early, we're going to get money. Trent, there's money in it. UNLV with the boosters. Yes. They're, they will be able to find money. that. Yes. Right. They can find that kind of money. Not that there isn't anywhere else, but there right. is there too. And as we've seen. Right. As we saw at Indiana, as we've seen at other places. Yes, money. You can find money, it seems like, seemingly in every kind of program. Took the easy way out. I, that's the way that I look at this. Yeah. Jamie Pollard hired his buddy. Yeah. And as... I told our listeners here on this show months ago, when he was at South Dakota State, T.J. Otzenberger, Jamie Pollard went up there multiple times, Mm -hmm. just go watch basketball and hang out with the guy that he respects, and let's be honest, as a friend. Yes. And he went and he hired his friend. A lot of Iowa State friends. Yes. And media. Right. Absolutely. It is... He's a popular guy. T.J. Otzenberger is a very nice guy. Right. Very popular but there was a very nice guy that, that lost that. And, and that's where I was going next. Right. You just went the nice guy route. Uh-huh. You went the guy that everybody really liked. And it didn't go very well. Mm-hmm. And now you're going down that route again. Boy, on the surface, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, we'll see. Again, he's. Uh, I'll give him the recruiting aspect. I do believe the transfer portal is going to be overflowing. There are over 1,000 in it after the season ended last year. I anticipate that number is going to go up this year. Maybe he can pick and choose and very quickly build this roster. We shall see. It's going to be an uphill climb uh, for him to do that. Um, I would also anticipate that UNLV um, leaking this story is going to speed up. Jamie Pollard's announcement as to when he's going to let everybody know that indeed it is T.J. Otzelberger coming back. Look, they 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 leaked the story to the the guy that covers um, the running Rebs mm-hmm. for crying out loud. So um, I'm and it look we, there has been a little bit of blowback from a Fox reporter who I think does T.J. Otzelberger's um, coaches show on the Fox affiliate out there. And, um, you know, I'm sure she reached out to T.J. Otzelberger, and he denied it and denied it. He said, nothing's done yet. Uh, so we'll see. Anyways, so let's get to your Bears. Uh, hopefully Randy Peterson in a couple of minutes again if there's nothing coming up. Trent, the part of the story that I find the most fascinating is the fact that I know Bears fans are not happy with Andy Dalton. I get that. It sounds like the Bears legitimately did everything they possibly could to get Russell Wilson, which included, according to Ian Rappaport from the NFL Network, um, Ryan Pace and John Schneider, the GM of the Seattle Seahawks, actually getting on private planes and meeting up in Fargo, North Dakota, of all places, to have a meeting where they could talk, where they wouldn't get busted by Seahawks media or Bears media. But they met in Fargo, and the offer apparently was three ones, two players, and a third-round pick as well? Yes. Uh, three first-round picks, a third, and two starters. Two starters. Is uh, the report that I saw from the Dan Patrick show earlier this morning. And so. then yesterday, in, and I mean only yesterday, is when the Seahawks decided firmly, you know what, we're going to stick with our guy. 
We're going to go forward with Russell Wilson this year. We're not going to take the $39 million dead cap hit uh, that would have come along with that. But I gotta. I know that there's a lot of pissed off Bears fans. I get it, you're Andy Dalton, but I believe, I honestly do, that Ryan Pace. Now again, <laughs> you can't give a ton of credit because he moved up to get Mitchell Trubisky when he didn't have to. Mm-hmm. But don't you think that he tried to right that wrong by bringing in Russell Wilson? He tried, and that's that's a bounty. That's a king's ransom. Three ones. That's currency in the NFL. But he didn't succeed. No. And this is a bottom line business. Yep. Trying real hard yep. doesn't win you football games. Nope. Trying real hard doesn't win playoff games. Trying real hard doesn't mm-hmm. bring a Super Bowl for the first time in over 30 years. But, Trent, I got it again. I'm going to push back a little bit. I think he tried. I don't know what he could have done differently. Would, he, if, would four ones have made the deal? I don't think he can do four ones. I think oh, three... that's right. There's a, there's a, there is. There's a, a cap on the yes. number of first round pick. That's a good point. So he gave as much as he possibly could. And Seattle said no. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I think it comes back to that. Pace did everything he could, but he made his own bed. This is a guy Absolutely. that drafted it. Trubisky and moved up from three to two to get him when he didn't have to. Didn't have to. The 49ers had uh-huh. that pick and flip flopped and gave away currency in order to do that. Mm-hmm. He's the guy that went out and got Khalil Mack. Worked really well initially. Mm-hmm. Is that working anymore? That's a good point, Trent. He's not been the same guy. I don't. Not as dominant, right. as, as he we thought he was going to be. And that's where I keep coming back to. Hey, congratulations! Tip of the ball cap, and and I'm at a point now. Andy Dalton. It doesn't matter. Well, they're going to draft the quarterback. I they think are, that's very and he'll screw it up. Well, and, yeah, he might. I mean, look look at the way this guy has evaluated quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. It's been terrible. Mm-hmm. There's no two ways about it. Mm-hmm. He could have got Andy Dalton for a couple Cheaper. million bucks last year. Yep. Instead, he and not have to give me draft picks as he did when he gave up for Foles. four uh, to get Nick Foles and, and guarantee two years for Foles. Right. So I don't know how you're going to get rid of him. I mean, I guess maybe you can. You can cut, but it'll be dead cap money. That's that just kind it. of thing. Yeah. So you go into the season with a rookie and two below average vet- veterans, mm-hmm. and the Bears will be seven and nine, mm-hmm. eight and eight, nine and seven, mm-hmm. and we'll rewind. The other thing is, but if Nate, that's the case, and you do draft the one, and you are a nine and seven team, that gets your draft pick on the field earlier. It does. If silver lining, I mean, I get it. It's not what you want. No, and it'll be Mac Jones, and I will not be happy about I that. I think it's going to be Trent, and I think that you'll kind of uh, well, we'll see. Time will tell if indeed it is Mac Jones. All right, Randy Peterson. Hopefully, we're going to try to get him in here. Get his take on um, what may be transpiring. We don't know when. Again, I'm convinced this was UNLV that floated out this story. There's no sense that they uh, do Jamie Pollard a favor by keeping this uh, under wraps. They've got to get a head coach if T.J. Otzelberger is, in fact, and I'm at that point where I believe I would fall off my chair if it's anybody other than T.J. Otzelberger, who is the Iowa State head coach. Um Whenever the announcement is made, I think the announcement is going to be made sooner than it normally than potentially it was going to be done because they moved up the timeline. The running Rebs moved up the timeline. Uh, that's how I read it. We'll see if we're proven right. Let's get Randy Peterson for a few minutes. Uh, he's been all over this PD. Uh, as always, good to talk to you. Um, I think that UNLV leaked the story. I'm convinced that Jamie, that Jamie Pollard and TJ Otzelberger, they have a done deal, just maybe not ink on paper yet. Are you willing to go down that path, Randy Peterson? Do you believe TJ Otzelberger will be the next head coach? I believe, yeah, I do believe that. I, and I saw what the Las Vegas paper wrote last night. And, and you know, really, that's we've expected T.J. Otzelberger to be the coach for at least the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, 
um, you know, the third paragraph of that story said that said that um, that the university denies blah blah blah, and it said that that the the deal could could still possibly blow up. So I mean, yeah, I mean, so I think anybody that's that's been close to this whole process has has expects TJ to be the coach. I mean, the story the story now is going to be if TJ's not the coach. Right. I mean, that's just the way it's it's been blown. It's it's out there. I mean, so um, yeah, I expect TJ will be the coach. Um, uh, or at least the front runner. Jamie's he's Jamie's front runner right now. That's that's what I'm anticipating. Um, and as far as as far as when everybody's going to know stuff, I don't have any idea. I mean, I'm sitting here like everybody else, trying to you know we're, I'm working the phones and trying to figure stuff out. But you know, in in reality, um, um, there's just a lot of stuff out there. But it's it's kind of all the same stuff. Everybody expects it to be TJ, but yet there's nothing official. And TJ is. I haven't, at least I haven't been able to get through to him in, in a few weeks. Um, so, um, I guess we, we just hang loose. Is it fair to assume then that there has been no, any, any other interviews though? This has been in the works for a few weeks that it was basically, unless the story came out from, from Las Vegas, we're going to wait a couple of days and then the announcement was going to come. Is it fair to say that nothing else has been done? It's been finalizing details of a contract and that's it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was I was just talking to somebody on the phone when you called. Um, oftentimes, coaches sign what's that word? Memorandum of agreement, mm-hmm. something along those lines. Um, you know, just to get it on paper that you will be the next the next coach. Um, I, that so that's always you don't have to work out all the minutia before you before you announce somebody. Um, I remember back in the in the dark ages, I was covering Iowa when Ferris <laughs> got hired. I mean, he went 18 months, yeah, right? Without Iowa, without Iowa announcing his, you know, <laughs> you know, like without a signed contract, so it's really not a big deal because um, you sign a memorandum of agreement for X amount of money, and and uh, you know everything else will be worked out. Everything will be worked out later. So I mean, I, I would think that that um, it, 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 I would guess that we would not. If in whoever the new coach is, I would guess we will not see contractual details for a while. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing. Interesting. Just be something like, like Ken Miller has agreed to become Iowa has agreed to become coach at school X, Y, or Z. Um, you know, we'll, you'll get the details later. Uh, Randy Peterson, Des Moines Register, is is our guest. Randy, what I think is going to upset some Cyclone fans, if it is, if it is TJ, it seems like it was TJ or and nobody else. Do you think there were? I mean, did he kick the tires on anybody else? Would he have gone so far as to interview anybody else? Because, as you have said, uh, it seems like it's been out there for the last couple of weeks. I read your piece either Sunday or Monday, and reading between the lines, I thought, and I said so on the radio yesterday, that you were convinced it's T.J. Otzelberger. Do you think they even went as far as to interview anybody else, or was this always going to be T.J., if indeed it is? That's a good question, and that's something, yeah, that's a good question. It's something we have to ask. Um, Jamie Pollard, if we get a chance to talk to him, um, um, you know, he did that thing yesterday or two days ago, whenever it was on, on, on a video and granted he answered some of the questions that we would ask, but there's still some other questions out there. Um, the next time we talk to Jamie Pollard, which is 
which I hope is is when the coach is, is named. I hope he, they do it through some sort of a press conference-like function. Yeah, you, I, I think one of the questions he has to answer is, is when did you put your when did you have your sights <clears throat> trained on on whoever the new coach is, and and how many people were interviewed? We do know that when when um, Steve Prom got the job, we know that they interviewed six candidates, five head coaches, I believe, and one and one assistant. The assistant was TJ. Um, that it came down to the final two, TJ and Prom had second interviews. So that was the process when, excuse me, when Fred went to went to the Bulls. I don't know if the, the same process this time, because with the, the NCAA tournament still going on, I don't know if 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 Jamie has interview would would interview anybody that's that's in the NCAA tournament, or I don't even know if Jamie would interview anybody before he officially has a coaching opening. So, and interviews anymore are very easy to do. You can just hook up a Zoom and and do it. It's not like you have to be there face to face. So, I I I don't I don't know all the details on this one, but I'm assuming if there's interviews to be done after whatever that would have been Monday or Sunday's um, Steve Prom firing, all these days are running together. Jamie could certainly do interviews on Zoom. So, I don't I as far as is TJ the only person being interviewed? If that's the case, I don't have any idea. Excuse me, Randy. We uh, we see the relationship and know about the relationship between Jamie Pollard and TJ Otzelberger. Is that something that maybe should be concerning how close that they are? Jamie's gone to South Dakota when TJ was there a multitude of times and, and watched his teams play. Is that a problem in your mind, the connection, the friendship between an athletic director and a head coach? I don't think so. I... I... No, I, I don't have a problem. I, I I don't have a problem with that. I think that it actually, if it is TJ, it's helping in that in that process because mm-hmm. Jamie does know TJ so well. So I think that that's probably a benefit if it's if it in fact becomes TJ because there's yeah there's a relationship there that, and Jamie Jamie made that very public by you know when he put the pictures on the Twitter. Um, so yeah, the relationship is there, but, but is it too close of a relationship? I don't know. I I think, I think once you get to that level, I think everybody knows that, that, yeah, you can still have relationships with people. You can still be friends with people, but yet it's a business and, and it's a business. And sometimes there are harsh decisions that need to be made. Um, I think, you know, I, I, am guessing that, that I I'll, I'll never forget when, when, um, Jamie announced that Dan McCarney was going to be replaced as football coach. Never forget that. I think it, I think it happened late afternoon or an early evening. If I, if I recall that part of it and on the podium in saying that, that, um, Dan McCarney up to that point, the most popular football mm-hmm. coach in Iowa state history, Maybe popular, most popular. Well, I was going to say popular coach, but Johnny R was probably pretty popular too. But at least the most popular football coach in Iowa State history. That they were ending their relationship. I mean, Jamie started crying, and I get it. I get it. So I mean, that's yeah. You're you're invested in 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 these guys, but there's also a personal thing. But but I think once once you once you both once 
the new if it's TJ, he starts in his job. I think TJ knows it's a very businesslike situation, very businesslike relationship, and he'll understand that that uh, whatever happens, you know, happens and maybe good, maybe bad down the road. I mean, how many of these jobs end up end up good? I mean, I you know half of them. I, I don't know. But uh, uh, <clears throat> Randy, last ending, but I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm done. Yeah. All right. So last last thing, Randy. Um, you know, when 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 TJ when it didn't work out the last time, when seemingly Leach did overrule him, as, as you pointed out in your piece at the Des Moines Register, um, I think TJ's stock was high, was way higher then than it is now. I mean, this is a guy who's coming back uh, on the heels of back to back what six place finishes uh, in the Mountain West, which doesn't excite a lot of people. I don't know how this is going to go over with the fan base as a whole. I know they trust Pollard uh, and, and will to their last breath, the majority of them. Um, I think this is a diff- more difficult sell than maybe Pollard thought it was going to be. Do you sense that that is going to be the case? I mean, finishing sixth and seventh in, in consecutive years, the Mountain West, and that's who you're getting? That's all you can get? And not a great Mountain West either, by the way. All right. Um I, I think it's. I think among some fans, it will be a, a selling. It will. It will. They'll have to be convinced. Among other fans who know the kind of player that TJ brought in to the McDermott program, to the Fred program, mm-hmm. to the Prom program for a year or whatever it was, he brought those high. He he was had a heavy hand in bringing those high level recruits in. So. And if, that, and if people are worried about TJ with the X's and O's thing, he can always hire right. the best staff possible. He can out, go out there and hire, you know, good a good staff. And and you know, like like at at uh, Oklahoma, um, uh, Kruger has 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 Jim Molinari, for example. Fred, his early years at at Iowa at Iowa State had um, um, Bobby Lutz had, had a had a veteran had a veteran coach. I can't even think of his name anymore. Lutz. Had a veteran coach. Yeah, Juwan Howard. Yeah, right, Martelli. Juwan right. Howard. Yeah, Juwan yeah. Howard. Yeah, that's that's what you do. You hire a great staff. So you don't win without players. First of all, it's getting players, and then and then you hire a staff to coach them. Yep, couldn't I agree. Think that, with could, that could work absolutely, and that's his. Uh, and Randy, I'm convinced the transfer portal. There's over a thousand last year with this free year that the uh, oh. players get this year. It's going to even swell more. I'll tell you, I'd be surprised if Micah Byers isn't on his staff. After all, he bought TJ's house when TJ left, so he did him a solid <laughs> there. Uh, anyways, uh, good stuff, Randy. Micah's Peters. a good guy. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm, I'm a, I agree with you. I agree. He lived right across the yeah. street from me a year when uh, for a year when uh, Cindy and I moved back from uh, Las Vegas. Uh, good stuff, Petey. Yeah. We'll read you at the Des Moines Register as we always do. You and Travis doing a great job on the Cyclones. Thanks, Randy Peterson. Appreciate you giving a, f- a few minutes. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. Yep, good to talk to you. Randy Peterson, Des Moines Register. You mentioned the uh, tons of transfers that are going to be out there. Remember, all transfers are not created equal, though. No, I agree. Yeah, it's, it's Jalen Coleman lands a couple times yeah. transfer. Yeah. Javon Johnson, transfer. Yeah. Tyler Harris, mm-hmm. transfer. Mm-hmm. Got to get the right transfers. You absolutely do. And you got to give TJ credit. He's brought in guys to Iowa State in the past. That's what, that's what you hang your hat on. When you sell TJ Otzelberger to a divided fan base on this mm-hmm. guy, and they are. Yes. You remind them who he brought and what they meant to the program. Um, because that, you can't sell a record. Record is nothing to write home about. 
And if this has been in the works for as long as we're hearing it is, you have to assume there's been some kind of communication between probably not TJ, but Jamie Pollard and Tyrese Hunter. And the connection, TJ, a Wisconsin guy, Hunter, kid from Milwaukee, that has to be in the works too. This team needs a point guard desperately. And you got a top 51 committed. You got to have a feeling here. If this has been going down this road, the Jamie Pollard's at least had to reach out to him, right? Hope so. Hope so. Uh, why don't we take these two calls real quick, and then we'll get to Bill Bender. We'll do that a couple of minutes short, uh, um, a couple of minutes late. Lee Sterling coming up from Paramount Sports. Um, I just Pollard, you guy, boy, you, you hope he interviewed somebody else, don't you? I think that that would make it kind of easier if there is another name that at least he kicked the tires on uh, that he was interested in speaking to. If it was just T.J. Otzelberger, yeah. If I was a Cyclone fan, that would be a very difficult pill for me to swallow. And that's why I think he put that video up, because he wanted to make it seem like this, this process, this, mean, this might take some time. Now, it might be quick, but it might take some time, and don't believe anybody other than me. Magic trick. Right, and then the UNLV, they leaked the story to the Review Journal. Um, anyways, uh, Jeff and then Bob. Guys, try to keep it to 30 seconds apiece if you would. Jeff, you're first. Go ahead. I don't believe a word Jamie says, first of all. And I'm an Iowa State fan. This is a joke hire. This, I mean, this is unbelievable. And he's not going to come out and say that he's probably talked to other people just to cover his own butt. But when you guys talk about the, where Iowa State sits in the conference, not just with this hire and how they played, they are, they are middle of the road, and this has just sent them back. And they want to call – you guys want to see, you know, as, as Iowa State a winning program – with this hire, and they may not have talked to anybody, you know, any winning coaches that have done anything. He's won it at he won at South Dakota State, and he coached and recruited at Iowa State ten years ago. Mm-hmm. This isn't like recent. The game has changed. This was ten years ago, and this is the guy that you brought back that you want to weather the storm and you want to bring fans back and sell tickets and come back to you know what what was ten years ago, and this is the hire. This is what, what Iowa State people are going to get excited about. I, it's a divided fan base. Yeah. Jeff, God let yeah. you go. Appreciate the call, Bob. Uh, and then we'll get to our timeout. Bob, go ahead. First of all, have I told you lately that I love you? <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for the last year being a spot where I can tune in and just hear sports and not COVID and social and politics. I love you guys. Second, can you tell me? The other day, a couple days ago, you guys were talking about, uh, I think, some UNLV broadcaster. That Matt Yeomans. A tweet yep. or an, Matt Yeomans. What was the name? Yeomans. Matt, Matt Yeomans. Yeomans. Yeah, he tweeted again okay. after the announcement came out yesterday. Okay, that's all I wanted. Thanks, guys. All right. And uh, have, have a good St. Patty's Day. Yeah, appreciate the song. <laughs> First, Thanks, I think, Bob. 25 years, I don't think anybody sung to me. Yeah, look at that. that that's a promo right there. <laughs> right. Uh, Bill Bender, Sporting News next. Uh, Lee Sterling will help us with the brackets from a betting perspective from ParamountSports.com. Cappy is here. Boy, did you see his recap on Twitter yesterday? He was none too pleased. Oh, really? I did Oh, not. he fired off. Again. Well, <laughs> I think he tried. You give me that. I mean, you give him, not me. Give him that. Tried. I get it. There's no WL 
Well, there's a T in the standing, but it doesn't stand for tried. It's tied. There's no R. Miller and Condon. You like Ryan Pace. I think that's I what it is. I don't. I like the fact I that I think they you're met a part of the McCaskey family. <laughs> I, I think this is all coming together here. You tried to sell me on Trubisky for the last four years. Now, if Denver was in the NFC North, then, then maybe I would be going down yeah. that road. But I like the fact they both got in airplanes and they met in Fargo and they tried to hammer out a deal and they went back. And it was only yesterday when Seattle said, you know what? No. Coffee's for closers. Ryan okay. Pace is not a closer. All right. No coffee for him. Uh, you look at it, can't argue with his body of work so far. It has not been the greatest. Miller and Condon, 1460, KXNO 106. Start Swiffering. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460, KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. Haven't dusted this one off in a while. Trent Condon, thank you for that. Miller and Condon with you until noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. Lee Sterling coming up here in about 10 minutes. Look forward to catching up with Lee Sterling. Uh, we will uh, talk brackets with Lee, get his take. Have you finished filling yours out yet, Trent Condon? Yeah, I, I I feel confident where I am right now. Maybe how many a ones? Tweak or two. How many ones in the in your final four? Two, two ones. Okay, where's my damn bracket? I had it. Yeah, I I printed one off uh, for you. Somebody's we with the it. Anyways, sheets. I can get. I, I was going to say that would have made uh, ad's uh, unnecessary censorship. Um, I I just I'm I haven't finished mine yet. I started and. I keep going back and forth. The Big Ten to me is, I'm I'm going all in. You are. I'm going all in on this conference. So Maryland, Michigan. Rutgers. No, I don't have I don't have Michigan winning, but I I think I have every Big Ten team advancing um, in their first game. All right, including Maryland, including Rutgers. That's not a huge stretch. No, but they're double digit seeds. Is Maryland a ten? Maryland's a 10. Yeah, yeah against UConn. You like Michigan past the Sweet 16? That's where I have them losing. I have uh, them losing to Florida State. Yeah, I can, I can buy that Florida. Although Florida State, man, I got... Remember when everybody jumped on Florida State? We all thought that this was going to be the... Uh, uh, far and away the best team. There was, and they are athletic, and they are deep. And Leonard Hamilton could coach for all of those reasons. But I just... Um, I, I haven't liked the way they've played down the stretch. Bill Bender's going to join us for a few minutes. It's Sporting News' birthday today, 135 years old. Bill, I think I read it for the first time, I don't know, in the 1970s maybe, when it was the tabloid style, when it was the newspaper, and uh, you'd carry it with you wherever, or at least a lot, I would. I loved it. Um, when did you first reading read the uh, publication that you now work for, Bill Bender? Oh, my dad read it in the 80s all the time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I would read the baseball box scores like everybody else and watched it evolve as a magazine. And it's uh, funny, I have a couple from the 90s that some of the guys that I either worked with and a few that are still in the building, their names were in the masthead. So it's always been a pretty cool thing. It's a great tradition to be a part of. Obviously, our publication's a lot different now. But, uh yeah. Yeah, it's it, we've got plenty of March Madness content out there, oh. buddy. That's for sure. I mean, I I have trouble keeping up. You've got uh, you 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 
put a lot of effort into it. Not just you, but a lot of the folks over uh, at uh, at the Sporting News. Well, Bill, let's um, you know get right to it. Your bracket, what's your biggest upset? What team do you think is going to surprise some people maybe more than any of the others? I think Santa Barbara is a good-looking 12 seed. You know, I want to pick Liberty. I, they're probably the sleeper that I like the most, but I just I hate their matchup. And sometimes it comes down to matchup when you face a team like uh, Oklahoma State, Kate Cunningham, and everything that he can do. So if they were playing any other team, I'd like them. You know, I think Georgetown and Patrick Ewing has yeah. really evolved into that interesting story. It'll be interesting to see if they keep it going. And, of course, I'm going to mention the alma mater. Bobcats <laughs> yes. won the next tournament last week. And if they hit their threes against Virginia, they'll have a chance. But I, I think that matchup's tougher than it looks. That uh, Ohio team, they got a pro on there. Who's the who's the bouncy guy? Speaking of shooting threes, he can step out and hit it. Preston, is that the guy's name? Yeah, Jason Preston. And if you go back all the way, I think it was November or December, when they played Illinois, I mean, he yeah. matched Ayo. And uh, he played mm. right with him. Ayo had the game-winning basket. But, I mean, Jason Preston had 31 points, nine boards, seven assists in that game. And he's really good. I mean, this was, you know, normally their MAC tournament runs are, are close, tight-knit games. And they just blasted everybody last weekend. I think Jeff Bowles is the coach that played there. And um, hopefully we can hang on to him for a little while. I can say we because I dumped thousands of dollars into that. <laughs> yes, you can. That's allowed. Hey, speaking of your home state, how about the Buckeyes? They make the great run throughout the Big Ten tournament, get to the title game, come roaring back against Illinois late in the first half, go to overtime in that one. But they lost four straight to end the regular season. Where are you with the two-seeded Buckeyes? I mean, they're capable of making a Final Four run, and all those close games will add up. I think Chris Holtman's one of the best coaches in the Big Ten. You know, I like their chances of a Final Four run probably a little better than Michigan's right now just because of what happened with Isaiah Livers. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Iowa's capable of making that Final Four run as well. They're going to need to have some things come together and, you know, get get through a tough bracket, but they're also capable. And then – uh I just think Illinois is the best team in the country. Mm. I, I know how good Gonzaga is. I just think Illinois is the most complete team inside, outside, bench scoring, big game potential, mm-hmm. and uh, they're going to be tough to beat. Yeah, I'm with you, and I love the fact that they're on the opposite side of Gonzaga, so we may see that if indeed uh, both of those two teams advance. So um, Gonzaga hasn't lost a game. They really haven't been challenged. Bill maybe got a little bit of a test uh, in Las Vegas at the tournament last at their tournament last week. But are we just are we reading too much into this? Are we overthinking it? I mean, I know you like Illinois, but might the Zags just be the team where we're going to look back and think, you know what, we just could have saved a whole lot of time and just put Gonzaga in that box right in the middle of the bracket? Well. Uh... Mike DeCourcy, who everybody should be reading right now, is writing about that today and the kind of the curse of 76 with those Hoosiers that came in undefeated and everybody else since has not been able to pull that off. I mean, I I think Trent and I have talked about this before. The best team, in my opinion, in my lifetime didn't win it. I I thought it was that UNLV team Mm -hmm. that uh, had a short bench. But this Gonzaga team, they can score, they can score, and their backcourt is amazing. They lead the nation in points. And really, they throttled BYU in the second half of that game. But it, what Twitter does is when they start losing, everybody freaks out about their schedule. But I, I think they're above that at this point. And, and definitely, because of that ability to score in this tournament, 
I, I can see them going all the way, at least to the Final Four. It's going to be a fun tournament. And after what we lost a year ago, and not having this tournament, the buildup, it's going to feel different. Bill, if you wrapped your mind around the, instead of the Thursday-Friday traditional start moving back a day and what that round of 32 is going to be on Monday, then the following week with the Elite Eight games being played Monday, Tuesday night, are you a fan of this or you know, old curmudgeon you want to go back to the old way? No, I, I'm open to it. I mean, everything else we've had to do, I think I actually kind of like the idea of this Friday start right now. Then get back to me on Monday and mm-hmm. we'll see how tired I am and then uh, go from there. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, they had to do some things. I, I kind of like this idea of it just being in Indianapolis this one time. I mean, what better place to have it than all the history that that state has, you know, ranging from the movie Hoosiers to both programs, and you're going to have games in all these awesome sites. So, yeah, I, I'm open to it, and, and just happy we have one is yes. one thing. Just figuring out who you're going to pick, that's that's a different story. It's a tough one to figure out. No, it really is, but grateful we have that opportunity to try and figure it out. Bill, last thing, uh, obviously you're, you're, you're doing a lot at the Sporting News, but uh, we, we think your strength is college football. You're so damn good at it, uh, uh, covering college football as you've done. Uh, what, what do you make about the, 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 the overtime rule change in, in college football? It's so damn good that, you know, just keep playing. You don't have to go to two for two till what? After your third, uh, after your third, the tie, I guess. Uh, and now you only get to do that once and then you got to go straight to going for two. And then after you get to a certain point, there's no more putting the ball at the 25. You just start alternating two point plays. Do you like this, Bill? What's behind this? I mean, I think the player safety thing continues to come up. I I like the traditional college overtime before they started tweaking it. I mean, I think the instances of those quadruple overtime games were pretty rare. I mean, one that sticks out, I mean, there was a Tennessee-Kentucky game, yes. there was a couple others that stick out. Um, you know, it's, it, it's geared to protecting the student-athlete, and I understand that. I've always liked college overtime better than the NFL. For sure. Some people might think that's, bad but yeah i you know it it reminds me of high school and that kind of stuff so you know they're they're going to continue to tweak it and try to short well i think one of the things college football they need to shorten the game i don't think overtime is the way to do it i think you get to the actual game and start and start keeping the clock moving on first downs i'm with you bill bender sporting news uh, happy birthday, 135 to the Sporting News, sportingnews.com. Uh, we're grateful for Bill Bender and DeCourse, who joins us periodically, and, of course, our friend Vinny Iyer on the NFL. Bill, enjoy the tournament. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks when spring football is in full swing. Thank you, Bill. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. Good to talk to you. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. He's next. Miller and Condon till noon. Oh, by the way, David Kaplan at 11.05. Look forward to speaking to Cappy and John Bowen Camp on the Hawks. Before we get out of here, it's 1460 KXNO and 106. And KXNO. Hi, 1050 Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 in the FM dial. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, joins us. He does all football season long. Uh, we're going to talk a little brackets. Hello, Lee. Trenton, Ken, and Des Moines, thank you for coming on. Of course, Paramount Sports is where you can find Lee Sterling. How are you? I'm good. I'm, I'm preparing for <laughs> people. You know, people ask me what's your busiest time, and they would normally guess the Super Bowl. I, I mean, it is busy, but it's just one game. 
March Madness is the craziest first four or five days. I mean, I, I'm literally in here from 6.30 in the morning to after midnight. Give me the most overrated team amongst the 68 that, uh, that you've identified. Do you have one or two of overrateds? Okay, I would probably... I would say Kansas. I mean, mm-hmm. of a, like a top four seed. I mean, Kansas, I, I, I don't know. Kansas, Virginia, and the West, and maybe Florida State in the East. Florida wow. State was really good last year. I mean, they, they, you know, they had a, the officiating just did them in in that game. And I thought that they were a team that, um, you know, if they were able to play last year, the year before they got, they were just a year away. And if they were able to play last year, I think they had a shot to get to the final four, maybe even win it all. So that was frustrating. They're not the same team. And Kansas and Virginia, I, I think what happens is when you get that number one seed, sometimes those three and fours aren't going to be as strong in that region. So, um, yeah, the Big Big 12 and the Big 10 were so far better than any other conference um, that, you know, if a team finished third, fourth, fifth there, I think, you know, Maybe those battles it might be too much going through the gauntlet all year long. All right, Lee, let's uh, go to the local front. Let's start tomorrow night yeah. as the first four gets started. And the Drake Bulldogs in the tournament, the last team in, they get their old conference brethren, the Shockers, who are now in the American. I love this game. In fact, this is one of my favorite bets of all the opening round games, uh, even including the first round and the 32 that we'll get on, on Friday and Saturday. Your thoughts, doggies against the Shockers? So... Drake is really talented uh, on offense. You know, they, they started off so strong, and it's like anything. It's tough to be like like Gonzaga and go through the whole year undefeated. They had, you know, that few-week period where they just, you know, were not the same. But um, they're starting to hit on all cylinders again. As long as they can mask their defensive weaknesses, I, I think they can do something. They are the, the, the perfect number 12 team. So... Just get by Wichita State, and I think that Creighton, number five, another team I think that's that's overseeded. Uh, Creighton's got to shoot really well from three point land, or else they're in trouble. They shoot thirty nine percent. They're they're a little on the small side. It wouldn't shock me if Drake wins uh, the first two games. Hmm. Uh, I I don't have a Big Ten team going out the first day of the tour or their first game of the tournament. Lee, I'm I'm totally with you on the Big Ten and the Big Twelve. I think anybody that watch college basketball, uh, they they have to uh, line up behind that statement that those are the two best conferences and have been. Do you have a Big Ten team uh, that will go out maybe get upset and go out earlier than some of the others? Well, most people think that Rutgers is, but I like them um, against Clemson. Yeah, I, I, th- I think Rutgers uh, is, is going to win that first game. I, I would probably, if I had to pick one team, mm, it, it might be Michigan State. Michigan State's one of those teams that could they could win the first game or, mm-hmm. or they could win two or three games. So I think they might end up turning into the pumpkin. So they had their nice little run again, but... Uh, we might find out they are who we really thought they were. So that's that's one of the things. One of the biggest things when I do a bracket, is, and people forget this, is know the rules before you figure out the bracket. So, for instance, I had a friend one time. He ends up, there's like 170 people that enter the pool. He picks all Final Four teams, and he didn't have a chance to make any money. 
And what he did was he picked, I think, 17 upsets, a lot of major upsets, and he had a lot of those teams going a couple rounds. So if, for instance, let's say they scored 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 for points, one for each round, well, uh, you don't want to probably predict more than five or six upsets because you're going to get penalized. And, and remember, if you pick a team and have them winning a couple rounds and they lose that first game, well, <laughs> you lost points for three, you know, two or three rounds. So that's very important first, know the rules. And one of the things that I do, it, it's worked for me, is I will never really back a team to make a Final Four if they're missing a player, a starter on that team, averaging more than 10 points. Mm. So... There's a couple teams that fit that bill, you know, like Villanova and Michigan. Yep. So those are those are some of the things that I look at when I, when I'm filling out these brackets. Uh, the game that gave me the most trouble, Lee, and again, I've already you know played yep. played my card that I'm just going to advance every Big Ten mm-hmm. team. North Carolina, Wisconsin gives me fits. I think this might be a rock fight. Yeah, I mean it's going to be a fun game. You know, two blue bloods, <laughs> uh, and I, I like Wisconsin here. So. You know, they had a, 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 a not a great finish to the season, but I think um, not not turning the ball over is key to this team. They only turn the ball over 8.9 times per game. So that's, that's going to be key to them uh, staying in it. I think North Carolina will beat themselves. All right. I've got one region I'm struggling with, and it is on the bottom left as you're looking at the ah, brackets. Okay. It is the East. Michigan, because of the liver's injury, that gives me pause there. I like Florida State, but then you just said, Lee, you don't like Florida State that much. <laughs> Alabama, I love the style of play. Is it sustainable to win four straight games, though, to get to a Final Four? Give me a bracket tip you got on the yeah. East. Okay, so I like Alabama a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think Nate Oaks is one of these guys that he's turning them into a basketball school. They're number one in defensive <laughs> efficiency, and they can shoot and make three-pointers with almost any team in the country. I think a team that's going to have to beat Gonzaga, and I think you're going to see almost 50% of the people put them winning mm-hmm. their brackets. You have to score. And who are the two teams that can score? Well, one of them is pretty close to you guys, yeah. the Iowa Hawkeyes. Mm-hmm. To beat Gonzaga, I think you're going to have to score more than 90 points, and Iowa's a team that can do that. And I think Alabama is the other. There's not too many other teams that can do that. Maybe Baylor uh, can do it. So those are those are the three teams, I think, that can – you know, maybe knock off Gonzaga. I do have Gonzaga advancing to the Final Four. I've got Baylor. I think they're going to get their mojo back also in that region. I think Purdue is scary good. I mean, Jaden Ivey, and I mean, he's starting Legit. to figure it out. Yep. Not to not to foul. And Trevion Williams, those two guys are almost unstoppable. So uh, those are some of the teams there. And like I said, in the East, I think it's Alabama. I think Alabama, uh, I got them in two of the three uh, brackets that I have there. You want a sleeper there, maybe Maryland. And in the last uh, region, uh, the Midwest, I like Houston. Mm. So I think Illinois is really good, but if you're looking for a team that can take it, I think Houston is. They, uh, how about this? They pound the glass. They average 14.5 offensive rebounds a game. So they play really hard. I just can't trust Bobby Bobby Huggins. In the tournament, I think Oklahoma State might be played out. I mean, you want a first-round upset. How is Oklahoma State going to get up after the last couple weeks facing Oklahoma, Texas? I mean, the list goes on and on. West Virginia. I I, I just think that uh, they're primed to get upset. So 
Uh, I like Liberty a lot in that first-round game. I like Maryland. I think the wrong team's favorite over UConn. And I think Purdue blows out North Texas. North Texas has beaten no one. I think Purdue, as long as uh, they play fairly hard and bring their B-plus, B or B-minus game, I think they'll cover. Lee, we're running out of hour. Yeah. Real quick, uh, how do folks who want to jump on board at Paramount Sports, you've got 20 seconds before the music runs yeah. out. Okay, we got a special 197 for the entire tournament. It includes hockey. Um, just go to ParamountSports.com. Um, we're going to give away three March Madness uh, tickets to everyone. How about this? All you need to do is tag me at Paramount Sports, follow me, and put a picture and uh, up and say where you're from, and you'll be entered for the Friday morning giveaway. 